Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 87, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. We want to welcome True Respite Brewing Company, two of the co-founders, Bailey and Brendan, O'Leary, mm-hmm. thank you for coming up from Rockville and visiting us today. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. So first, let's, um, where do we want to start? Actually, let's just start talking about this beer since we started ahead of time. The number, the name of this. This is Country is, Picnic Ginger Whip Beer. And it's good. It is nice. Or, like, I think that's a perfect name for it because this would be a nice crack open a crowler while on a picnic on a mm-hmm. hot day. It's a refreshing, crisp beer. Yeah, that was the vision. So um, our, I mean, this dives right into the core of what our brand is, but we're all about taking an active role in your true respite. You know, respite being a relief from a, a stressful or arduous situation. True respite being when you really step away from just getting outside of that situation and step into something that you love and truly rejuvenates your spirit or your soul. And uh, uh, so Country Picnic comes from the scene inside the keyhole that we developed for this beer um, that shows a, a picnic basket on a blanket out in the country in a, in a wheat field, um, which is a nod to obviously one of the key, key ingredients to this beer. All right, so um, you ruined me asking you what true respite meant. <laughs> we can so, still give you the so, whole backstory. So now I'm, all, yeah. now I'm all thrown off. I don't, even know what to, I don't even know what to ask you. I have this list of questions to go through, yeah. and now I, I got to jump ahead. Actually, there's no questions list here. <laughs> um, so actually, how um, you two are married, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, not obviously. I, mean, I guess you could be brother and sister, but you're married. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there was actually one point where I, I had dyed my hair, and it turned out really not what I wanted. And it it turned out kind of red or orange, really. And we'd go, every time we went in public, people would be like, are you guys brother and sister? We were like, no. <laughs> That's no, an uncomfortable question to <laughs> ask your wife. And Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... True respite is fairly new. Yeah, you've only been open six weeks. Only oh, I was going to say three months. So I'm uh, giving you more about credit. Than, yeah. Um, what were you two doing before you decided that opening a brewery is what you wanted to do? I uh, when we met, we were both engineers at Georgia Tech, or at least studying to become engineers. And I had taken a co-op just after I met her uh, in Richmond. I didn't know a soul up there because, you know, we're in school in Atlanta. Richmond is eight and a half hours north. And um, so I found myself with a little extra time, a little extra money, and um, I was bored. I didn't know anybody. So I was like, (laughs) I need a hobby. (laughs) Uh, I was living with a friend of mine, and he graciously let me start brewing on his electric stove. That is on-off heat control. I do not recommend it. And after a few boil overs, I started to realize that perhaps I needed to upgrade my rig and and, and get my act together. But um, yeah, I fell in love with, with brewing then before I had even graduated as just a student at Georgia Tech. So then did you ever get a job in engineering or did you? I did. Okay. Yep. So I, yeah, I, I was co-oping with Honeywell outside of Richmond. Um, I got a full time with them. Uh, I moved down to Shreveport, Louisiana at the same time that Bailey took a job in Houston. We were driving back to see each other every other weekend, um, you know, four and a half hours. Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but that drive wears on you yeah, when that's... you're doing it every weekend. Yeah, and by the time like I would get to Houston, I'm just like, she's like, let's go out, and I'm like, let's go to bed. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> so we, we had, didn't have a whole lot of a social life during that period of our life. Um, but yeah, I was working in Houston, and um, you never stopped talking about opening a brewery. Yeah. It that... never It never stopped. I didn't, I didn't exactly love my, my chemical engineering course load at Georgia Tech. It was brutally tough. Um, I, I kept not passing kinetics and reactor design and uh, um, mass transfer. So <laughs> I stuck with it because I was like, one day when I get this degree, I will apply use it. this. Yes. I know that I can take this homebrewing hobby and turn it into a professional gig. So Bailey, was this just your way of getting him to shut up about opening one? <laughs> um, not exactly. So... We, I, I, my goal for myself was always to go into academia. I love learning. I love research. I love studying. I love school. Um, and I would have stayed, I would have stayed in school forever, but that wasn't really an option. Um, so I worked for a while. I am an environmental engineer. So I went into that because I wanted to protect the environment. 
And working as an environmental engineer, you're limited in really what you can do. And I feel like owning a business now, I actually have more ability to make sustainable choices and, and do things that are going to benefit the environment. Um, but I digress a little bit there. So I, I worked as an environmental engineer for a while. I knew it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back to school. But kind of as the years went by, Brendan and I homebrewed. I homebrewed with him. I learned the process. I started to understand it. He never stopped talking about opening a brewery. <laughs> it just never stopped. And then we moved to Denver and just fell in love with the, the brewing culture out there. It's amazing. It's infectious. And we sat down one day and wrote out kind of what our strengths were, what our weaknesses were, and what we wanted out of our careers. Let me stop you there and say this is because we had to find a way to quantify our feelings, being both engineers. So we yeah. needed a matrix of, <laughs> of you know, score numbers and, and everything so we could quantify whether or not this was a good decision. We did. We did. But, so we, we did this separately of each other and then came back with our evaluations. And we looked at them together, and I took a step back, and I said, okay, looking at this – academia is not where I should be going. That's not my career path. We should be opening a brewery. Now, um, is there any way that you were going to allow yourself to put on paper that you shouldn't? <laughs> like, were you me? fudging? Yeah, were you, fu <laughs> were you fudging numbers? No, to make I might have sure been, but I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't have to fudge anything. I was, I was born for this. You just know sometimes when you find your thing, and this was my thing. Yeah, and, and at that point, this was about 20, this was 2014, early 2014, and at that point, it was like, there's no other option. We have to do it. We have to go for it. We have to put our whole heart into it. It's got to happen. So we decided then, and then like three months later, found out I was pregnant with our son, which was a little bit of a surprise. And Well, that's a popular thing for people to, because uh, you, were you still in Colorado at that time? Yeah, we mm -hmm. were still in Colorado. And so there are a, a few breweries now, I think, that have opened by people that were about to have a kid somewhere in that time frame moved to maryland and opened a brewery so you're Is carly in that yes, club Car yeah carly's in that club that attaboy yeah <laughs> it's nice to be in the club it's, it's a good club to be in yeah so we we decided we never wanted our kids to be the reason we didn't follow our dreams and we wanted to give them something to learn from our whole vision was to welcome them into our world and, and set a path, like show them, like, if you want something, go get it. And we didn't really want, you know, being parents to get in the way of us pursuing our own goals as well. So what brought, if I remember correctly, you have family in Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. In That's, Northern Virginia, okay, Loudoun County. Yeah. So uh, when we found out we were having Aiden, we had already been talking about, hey, when we, you know, have kids and start a family, we want to be closer to um, grandparents, whether that's in Atlanta with near her parents or um, northern Virginia or D.C. near my parents. And so then it was like, okay, well, we also want to be in a place where opening a brewery makes good business sense. And at the time, Georgia's beer laws were atrocious. And Maryland was moving in the right direction. 2014 is when um, the, the self-distribution laws passed. And we were like, okay, that makes sense. You know, that o opened our eyes pretty wide. And our yeah, vision... Yeah, we found out Montgomery County created the Class D beer and wine license, which allowed self-distribution and, and kind of allowed breweries to bypass the DLC and sell right. their own product. So when we saw that open up, and Montgomery County is an amazing place to live. So yeah. we thought quality of life would be great for our family. and Good schools, close enough to my parents where we can visit them, but they won't surprise us when they yeah. visit. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of in that sweet spot where, like, needs a brewery changing laws, you know, um, close to my family. And so we, and we also met a couple brewers along the way when we were interviewing who were like, yeah, we can talk about this, but you have to say you're doing it in Montgomery County. So even those in the know in the industry were seeing this place as the up and coming beer spot, whereas Loudoun County was already becoming saturated. As yeah, we got there's a deeper. lot in, in Loudoun County yeah, already. It's nuts. And because it was very, until 2014, it, w it wasn't that great of an idea to open right. a brewery in Montgomery County. Exactly. So yeah. There's not much there yet. Yeah. There's a few farm breweries, and then right in your little pocket, you have a couple, but it's not like the rest of the state where there are a lot more. Yeah. Right. And huge thank you to Hans Reamer and Julie Verratti um, for, for helping kind of usher breweries into Montgomery County. We were listening to your podcast talking to Tony at Saints Row last week, and he was touching on what a dramatic change that the county has made for trying to encourage beer instead of uh, discourage it. And it's true. And a lot of that 
Julie um, advocated for a lot of those changes that were being made, and now Hans is carrying the torch. And we named a beer after Hans called Dreamer um, that we released a couple weeks ago, and he's having a fundraiser at um, Falls Road Golf Course. And uh, we dropped a keg off there this afternoon for him to be able to drink his namesake beer at his fundraiser. Because, nice. Yeah, I, we, we have to say thank you and support the people who are supporting us. Now, had you ever considered Frederick when you were looking? Because it is the East Coast craft beer capital of the world. Right. Um, no, to be honest with you. <laughs> you it was you're missing a, out. <laughs> a little further away from family. Honestly, yeah, we had was... like an hour radius right. from for how far we wanted to be from family. We were quite literally mapping out cities on Google Maps. And if it crossed that hour threshold, we were like, ah, too far. And, <laughs> uh, and, and this in the spirit of it, like this is such a great beer place already that we were looking for somewhere that was a little less developed already. Yeah. So Montgomery County fit that bill, whereas obviously Frederick up here, it's booming. Yeah, but there's something to be said for a place like Frederick or where we were in Denver right. where there are so many breweries, but you have the culture to support it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so ingrained in the culture, which it's amazing to see. And I don't know, in Denver, it didn't matter what day of the week you went to a brewery, they were always packed. And most breweries were open Monday and Tuesday and always packed. I've made a point to talk about that at most places I visited where we got some public view because pub culture out there is insane you know you you stop by on the way home from work and you fill up a growler to drink with dinner and it's just what everyone does you say hey to your neighbors there's like everyone's got a home brewery a home pub and uh we really want to see that grow out here where like i mean in the short amount of time that that was legal in maryland at all it has grown rapidly yes and it's only been a short time right that anyone could operate in that fashion legally mm-hmm. yeah and 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 we want to see more we we brought some of that denver model out here because we saw it be successful we love what it does for the people in a given community yeah it's all about the community i mean that's that's ultimately why we're doing this we want to we want to see the community grow we want to give people a place where they can hang out and relax and it's all about the local community that was the drive to do this in the first place. It's personally satisfying to see everybody else happy. Yeah, it makes you feel good about yeah, yourself. it does. Like you're providing um, enjoyment and pleasure to everyone that comes through your door. And, yeah. And then even a- after they go home. Respite. Yeah. The world outside the pub is madness. But when you come into the tap room and you grab your beer, you have friends, you have family. You know, that's a place where just for a little while, you know, you can just be and do. You don't have to feel everything that all the stress and all the anxiety that happens outside those walls as in sorry um i was just going to add that as engineers we worked on such a little piece of a larger picture and we never got to see the final results of what our Mm. work did but owning a business we get to see that when we look around the tap room and we see people smiling like that's why we're doing it that's what we're here for yeah and it And even if you, because I I worked as an electronic engineer for a while before I started at the newspaper, um, even if you end up getting to that point, it's so far away. Yes. And I would work on projects that were six years in Uh development. And Uh and then finally, and then half the time, I I was working on international things. So it would be done. And I would never see someone touch it. (laughs) And you don't even know if it was built or if it happened. You're like, I don't. I was building the uh, potable water system for a facility that was being built up in Canada, and they kept moving the location of the fire station and the hockey rink. So <laughs> I had to redo the water pipe sizing calculations and the hydraulic model for that one damn water system. Like, repeat, it was a 120-something page calculation that I did over and over again for like six or eight months. Because they couldn't figure out where to put the damn hockey rink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn Canadians. So, then it was Bill like... Caps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, that was, I was like, I got to get out of this. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we go into the more in-depth version of uh, the naming story, mm-hmm. let's stop and take a real quick break to thank our sponsors. Uh, first, thank you to our first sponsor, Gross um, House Pub, located in Frederick, Maryland. Um, coming up soon will be the Monument City Beer Dinner on May 3rd. That's a five-course beer dinner. Each course paired... June, th- no, it's May 3rd. May 3rd is already coming, guys. 30th. 30th. May 30th. Thank you, <laughs> May 30th. 
And then the June beer dinner is with Flying Dog with their, I, I think they, they have a much more creative name for the pack of beer, but they're like uh, the Lost Dogs, or we'll just call it that, where they're bringing back a lot of their retired beers. It'll be a five-course meal paired with each of those. Uh, spaghetti dinner uh, competition will be between Kushwa and Smoketown because Kushwa is the three-month reigning champion. Um, and then on June 20th, there's a Star Hill special event featuring five beers, normally only available in the Star Hill Tap Room. And then also thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been servicing the craft beer industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. From concept to cooler, CAPS offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, keg repair, rental bright tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. Be different, look different. For more information, visit capsbottles.com. So thank you to both CAPS and to Roast House Pub. And actually, before we go into your story... What is the next beer we should move on to? Ah, so we did the uh, Country Picnic Ginger Wit Beer first. Um, I think next we should move on to the Chelbot New England IPA. I do like New England IPAs like I guess everyone else, so I will. Yeah, that doesn't make you I unique. Agree. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a special snowflake <laughs> no. in any way. They are just good, yeah. They really are. Um, the whole style, I'm, I'm excited that it's taken off. So this one, we used four different hop varieties. We added, we did not add any bittering hops, so it's only Whirlpool, and then we double dry hopped during fermentation. Um, we used Calypso, Eldorado, Citra, and Mandarina Bavaria. Mm-hmm. So the Citra and the Mandarina Bavaria, give. I love the combination of those two. They you, give it a nice citrus taste. You get more um, stone fruit from the calypso itself so this is definitely something like a tropical punch very very low bitterness the haziness is all hop haze it's not like there's yeast cloudiness or any anything in here Um, it comes at a nice medium 6.3 percent alcohol so you know it's not so much that you can only have one and not so little that you don't feel like you're getting your bang for your buck I, I once asked a brewer wh- how much flour they added to their <laughs> New England IPA while recording, and I was told to F off. Oh, <laughs> there is no flour in this beer. The yeah, haze is natural. I, yeah. I, I just I find it amazing. I, I have no idea who the accusations of doing that are. You just hear that some breweries do that. Yep. I hope there are none in Maryland doing that because it's just a shady thing to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> flour is made from grains. Yeah. Flour, is it made from wheat? You don't have I to defend them. Uh, <laughs> we, this is really good. I like this. Thank you. Yeah, this I, I this might be our best-reviewed beer on Untapped, or whatever that means, because Untapped is a chaotic world of you know, <laughs> misdirection and, and, and I don't know what else. I, I never know what to glean from an Untapped review. Like, I hate IPAs. Two stars. <laughs> the the yeah. problem is that, that is you the... you have to like do full on research to find out if someone is if their opinion counts. Right. To, mm-hmm. For for those reasons, like, and they may even give like a detailed reason why they didn't like your IPA, and then you go back and you look through, and they've hated every single IPA they've ever tasted. So yes. It, yeah. I, I I think um, it seems like most brewers just chalk it up to being useless unless they start seeing like detailed things about flaws that are there exactly and that yeah. it can be useful but very specific reviews about very particular wishes or flaws fortunately we haven't gotten many that point out any specific flaws in our beers i think our, our brewers uh, kenny formerly brewed at um, old dominion old ox and mustang sally and the man is talented he's been he's been in the industry for over 20 years I think he said 25 years so he knows what he's doing he's been around a long time and we are so lucky to have Kenny on our team he is awesome not to say that we're not human like we make mistakes and whatnot but generally speaking I mean he puts out a tremendously high quality product his quality control is the most important thing that he focuses on and I'm obviously very biased but I think that shines through in our beers that's one thing it's it's very clean yeah um especially like a lot of breweries as new as you are sometimes the beer can have 
a homebrew taste to it. Like <laughs> it's it's a little dirty. It just doesn't taste quite up. But like this is very clean. Good. I like you wouldn't taste this like. Uh, they're a new brewery. We'll give them some time before we judge them. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. thank you. That's what I mean. Obviously, the product that we make is one of the most important things we do. So a compliment is always well received. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Welcome. And Kenny worked. Um, just gonna throw it in about Kenny. He he left the industry for a little while after Old Dominion was bought by Anheuser, and worked as a quality manager for Nestle. And so he has a lot of quality. is is super super important to him. Yeah, he actually worked in the milk lines, so like making ice cream and such. And there is far even less margin for area, uh, margin for error in. Um, yeah, the sanitation for oh, that nuts. area must be insane, even yes. by beer standards. Yes, and so he brings that mentality to beer production, and that's why I think he does such a nice job because he learned through an even stricter environment about sanitation, quality control. Are you brewing also, or is he doing all of the brewing? He is the mastermind. I'm but a mild-mannered assistant. <laughs> so I, he's in France right now. I'm doing some of our cellaring. Um, for the New Englands, I designed the original recipe for our Wacky Jackie, and this is an iteration on that that Kenny then got his hands on. So, like, I have had a small hand, but I take, like, 8% of the credit. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get the full story of where the you've – so you've decided, okay, um, we did our Venn diagrams and our charts and our calculations. We should open a brewery. Mm-hmm. How did you decide what to name it? Go ahead. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll try to, and you can you can jump in too. So we started. We wanted to open in Leesburg, Virginia, and we were going to be Rebellion Brewing Company. And somehow there, at least at that time, was not a Rebellion Brewing Company. If there is now, I'm sorry for them. Um, (laughs) So we were going to be Rebellion Brewing Company. So we were looking through the trademark database, and we noticed Bear Republic in California had a trademark pending for the word Rebellion in the class of beer. And so we reached out to them and said, you know, you have one beer called Rebellion. I think it was a smash beer, single malt, single hop um that they brewed sometimes it was like an experimental smash beer to showcase new hops and malts yeah so they had this one beer so we reached out to them and said hey you guys are on the other side of the country you have one beer what do you think about us naming our brewery rebellion and they said maybe you've heard of rebel ipa (laughs) and we were like yes i we've heard of that um so they elaborated and let us know that they were in a, a pretty large lawsuit with Sam Adams, oh. which was why the trademark was pending. And this was at the time when Disney had just bought Star Wars. So rebellion is a pretty big theme in Star Wars. And so Disney was trying to tap on or tag on to Bear Republic's trademark for rebellion. So yeah, you, have, you don't want to go against Disney money. No, no. So that <laughs> Nor Boston Beer Co. money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we didn't want to step into that. And the guy at Bear Republic was like, look, you're welcome to name your brewery this. But just let me know so I can call my lawyer and let him know. Yeah. And we were like, no, no, no. We're we don't not, want a part of that. We're mess. not. You guys keep it. That's fine. You can have it. Thanks anyway, though. Right. So then we're we're like going to the trademark database. Like, what are we going to name our brewery? What can we name our brewery that is not anywhere in the trademark database? So Brennan, being the the linguist that he is, comes up with odium. Odium means hatred for something. Not necessarily hatred. (laughs) Extreme distaste or like bitterness towards. I was spiteful. I was an angry, angry man who was spiteful towards the big money that stopped us from having the brand we wanted. <laughs> so we, we were going to be Odium Brewing Company. And I never fully signed on with this one. Um, I didn't like the idea that it was a, a hatred. We were, but at the same time, we were like, we can't come up with another name. So we're just mad. We're mad about all of this. And <laughs> That could have been your tagline, too. We're just mad. We're, we're just, just mad. mad. <laughs> hey, rebellion was like a spiteful you know, uprising. And that's in the spirit of the craft industry, or at least what has been the spirit of the craft industry. And so we were like, odium, yeah, that's a unique word that nobody else is using. And we can um, explain to everyone what it means. Yeah, and then we were like, <laughs> we've got this story and we're going to share it. And- Bailey was like, wait, we need to quantify this. So let's get a survey together <laughs> and we're going to put a survey out and we're going to find out how favorable or not favorable this brand is with people who know us and know what our vision is. So we sent out a survey monkey to our friends and family and the results were very one-sided. 
Don't Nobody likes the name. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Are you kidding me, Brendan?" Like people who have known First of all, Bailey is very non-confrontational. She's like the sweetest woman I've ever met. And Thank you. That means a lot. And I am like a, and I'm like a fiery redhead. Okay, so it was but uh, I tend to reserve my anger for like the right moments and my friends and cousins and everybody who did this and her friends were like, "No." This doesn't suit you guys at all. Like they kept asking us, like, "Does your beer smell bad?" Like yeah. all I can think of like, is odious. I don't. Nobody's gonna drink your beer. And we were like, "Okay, this is a bad idea." Yeah. yeah. So, but the one comment that really struck us was from your cousin. I think it was Matt who wrote to Brendan and and wrote a message and said, "Brendan, you are the most chill, down to earth person that I know. What are you doing?" <laughs> And so we really took that to heart and took a Get step together, back. together, Brandon. He's like, come yeah. on, man. It was like we had to take a step back and go, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to create? Why are we doing this? And we realized what we're trying to do is create a place where people can escape the stressors of daily life and come and enjoy a community and just get away from the daily grind. When uh, when Bear Republic or Sam Adams or Disney threaten you with big money, you need a place to go and relax and forget about that and not just live in that spite. So, so we tried to, knowing what we wanted to do, we tried to come up with a name that was going to fit what we were trying to create. So Brendan, again, since he is big with language and has a vocabulary unlike anybody I know. You and Graham would get along great. <laughs> oh. He, he came to me and said, what about the word respite? And I'd never heard the word before, so I had to look it up. But looking the definition of respite up, it means a break from an arduous task or a brief rest from something strenuous. And I loved that, but it wasn't quite enough. So Brendan and I talked about it, and we decided to add the word true to it to imply wholeness and authenticity and make it about capturing your respite, doing something actively taking a break we should probably add a little something here so it wasn't just the two of us who developed this together there was there's a man named evan partridge who is now um uh he was a seller man i think he graduated to uh like the test batch brewer or the new product development yeah. brewer at firestone walker and he we for a little while he's a, a classmate of ours at georgia tech go jackets go jackets <laughs> and uh he, so we for a little while we're trying to work together and then things were just not going smoothly like it was taking longer than we expected and he didn't have a job yet and so eventually he decided to go off and he's like i need to work for a while in the industry figure out my own thing he's become wildly successful at firestone walker they just took home i think like four world beer cups there's a picture of him holding the big plaque with charlie nice. papazian up on the stage and everything so um but he was at least there for these discussions and helped guide us through this too so yeah he was and he was there through the odium Error. It, yeah, odium. Error, error, whatever. Era. It was both. <laughs> so the, <clears throat> explain your logo. Okay, so the logo, um, the logo, if you can see, is a keyhole. Actually, let's do this. Ah, the logo is a keyhole. The keyhole represents a locked path to whatever it is your utopian vision is, whatever you view as nirvana, or the, 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 the good place. So, for everybody that looks different, you know, Bailey likes to get out and hike and be active in nature and be, you know, climb a 14,000 foot mountain. And I'm like, I want to play PUBG with my friends on Xbox. So <laughs> like climbing a mountain is exhausting and, and maybe the climb up is nice because at the top you get a view, but then I have to climb back down and right. there's nothing in that for me. You're much you know? more the like get up to the top and sit there and look and enjoy it and then drive back down. Yeah. Like, drive up, <laughs> drive down kind of guy. And for Bailey, she's like about the process of getting there. So we realized like, okay, true respite really doesn't look the same for any two people. The idea of the keyhole is uh, this is the pathway to your true respite. And the scene, what you see on the other side, that is different for every unique person. And so we've incorporated that into our brand where um, each style that we are brewing repeatedly has a different scene through the keyhole. And in each scene, there is an implied activity, like a bicycle or a surfboard or something. And there's also a place that really is just meant to be enjoyed, whether that is, you know, a vineyard or um, a mountain home or something of the like where you can choose to be active in that or you can choose to just sit and take it in and enjoy it. I think um, you two need to really help Tony out. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? 
Um, I urged him last week that he just needs to make up a story for where Saints Row came from because there's no story, just a name he came up with. So I told him to just retroactively make something up, and I think the two of you could really help with that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, so, we'll sit down. We'll yeah, head over. We'll head over can, to Saints Row and have a beer. Yeah, just, help <laughs> help create his origin story. To be fair, <laughs> Tony told me that Saints Row came from the fact that there were a whole bunch of saints he wanted to name his brewery after and couldn't pick one, so he lined up in a row and chose them all. <laughs> he did not tell us that. That's oh, the story that's he gave me. Yeah, that's what I so, heard. Maybe he's given up on that one. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good story. Excuse me. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Sure. So what is the rest of the imagery around the keyhole on the Crowler? So I'll let you hold that. Yeah. Let me pull that up again here. So the rest of the imagery, these are the stressors that we try to get away from. If, if, If the idea is that through the keyhole, what's on the other side of this wall or this fence or this gateway is um, bliss. On our side are the stressors that we are trying to remove ourselves from actively. So um, we want you and ourselves to be the key. We have to unlock that pathway, um, and you have to get away from the daggers and the cannonballs and the meat cleavers and the <laughs> boiling pots of scary-looking stuff. And, and the yellow jackets that our designer hid in there for us. We, we managed to toss the yellow jacket in there, too, because they have stingers and they hurt when they get there. Yeah. <laughs> They're very, very dangerous. <laughs> So I um I do not think we have had anyone else on that has as impressive and a well thought through like story of where everything came from. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. I we've said it a few times, but we're both engineers and everything is designed. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. So <laughs> And we had a long time to work on this because this took a long time to get open. We took four years between agreeing we were doing this and opening the doors. So we had plenty of time to like really drill into this. Well, I mean by some standards that's pretty quick I and mean, it's oh, it definitely feel quick yeah. no it certainly <laughs> didn't i mean i i that i think the like a lot of the people who have come on that's around how from the i'm doing this to it happening mm-hmm. it's it's that seems about the average i'm sure as an individual going through it oh. is not feel average or normal or at 30 years old i had two well i had one kid we moved in i moved my wife and our one son in with my parents because I didn't have income anymore. And well, that- that's what we we moved when we moved out to this area. We knew we were here to open a brewery, and right. so Brennan's parents let us move in with them for a little while while we got our feet under us and and got the brewery under construction. So the plan was always to move out of their house once we were under construction. That just took a lot longer than we thought it was going to. We lived there for a year and a half, and in that time, Bailey so got... your parents are probably ecstatic to see the brewery open. They're thrilled. And they honestly, <laughs> if we were to have our Saints Row, the two of them would just be standing shoulder to shoulder. So they have been by far our biggest supporters. They've Do helped they us. have beers named after them yet? Not they, yet. We need to... They will, trust me. Yeah, we're, we've still got a lot of people left to thank, but they're way up on the list. We built a plaque with everybody's name that we owed like big thank yous to that we could never properly say thank you to. And they're on there. Our kids are on there. Yeah. Kenny's girlfriend, Kenny's kids. Yeah, Martine is Kenny's girlfriend, and she was so, so helpful, especially with painting. She can paint. She the woman can paint, amazing. yes. It's always good to have an artist friend. Yeah. Yeah. She's more like the art is in how just like I encourage anyone who comes into our tap room, check out how pristine those paint lines are on the walls. We did every <laughs> single wall in that place ourselves. The ones that aren't so pristine, probably Aiden did. Uh, <laughs> he, he Aiden's our three-year-old, and nice. he, he had got a paintbrush a but few times. Martine took control of that and trained up everyone who came in. Is like, okay, before you paint these walls, you need to know. And she You're like not lined, messing this yeah, up. She lined us out. So. Yeah. And just one last thank you to Bill and Carol, Brennan's parents. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for them. We moved into their house, and then two weeks later found out we were pregnant with our second child, too. So <laughs> We brought a newborn home to their house and then lived there for nine months afterwards. So they got to go through that whole newborn process with us. So your, your parents are saints. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was not an exaggeration. They will be canonized <laughs> by the Catholic Church. This, and I love my parents, too. I think they've been so helpful, too. So... Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm not trying to single out my parents. We just lived with them for a year and a half. And her parents got to support us from Atlanta, much to their chagrin. I think they wanted us in their house. I know. They kept telling me, they were like, you know, you're welcome to come move in with us. (laughs) They're like, there aren't a million breweries down here. Like, you could do another one. (laughs) 
So we've gotten support from all sides. We This was not a solo project by any means or duo project. Like we have gotten support from so many countless people that we could never properly thank. Seriously, we had, the, I mean, it was a whole team effort getting this place opened and we can never properly say thank you to everybody who was there for us. Now, if I remember you have a 15-barrel brew house? Is that we have two brew houses. Uh-huh. We have a three-and-a-half-barrel pilot, which all of our stuff has been brewed on to date. And we have a 15-barrel brew house, which just doesn't have the steam connected yet because at the end okay. of our construction project, we ran out of money. So <laughs> it was like, well, we can open on the three-and-a-half and run for a couple months and then earn the money to build this yeah. steam system, which is what we did. So um, that- starting out, I'm sure you're probably making plenty – a beer on your three barrel to at least for the first couple of months to be able to get by on. We have been to ver- get by on. Yeah. yeah. It's been- We've made enough to put in the steam system and that is starting on May 29th, Tuesday next week. Yeah. Six yeah. days. Week from yesterday. There was one point when we got down to four different beers and two of oh, them wow. were our, our grisettes. So it was <laughs> two, two grisettes and two other beers. And that was that was it was only one weekend and then we had a bunch of beers come out right after that but we did a glassware special because we were like we've got to do something we can't people are not going to be happy buy a flight take home a glass for three dollars like please come in and try all the beers and just like anything to get someone because people were coming in they're like four beers and two of them are grisettes (laughs) and they're all you know light colored pale beers so why do you why do you think grisettes are so popular now like all of a sudden, that yeah. that's a, like that's a style that I don't think anyone made for forever, and then like within the last couple of years, there's not a ton, but there's definitely way more breweries making grisettes now than there I, were. I think I'd thank Manor Hill. I mean, they decided to start distributing a grisette, and that was the first grisette that I saw on shelves, and we were a little bit like, "Damn it!" because we already had the idea to do our grisette okay. in Blanc. And we saw that one start moving in vol- volume. And then it was like, well, maybe they're alerting the general customer base to what a grisette is. Maybe this will help us. So um, I, them being the first like widely distributed commercial brand, I think probably opened a lot of eyes because we're all inspired by each other. I don't think that's a secret. You yeah, see I mean, someone it's... do something really cool and you're like, hey, why don't we try something like that? So yeah, it only makes sense. I mean, if it works for someone else you may as well do it yeah and 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 the style is just delicious in and of itself i mean it's a sessionable drinkable quaffable delicious beer it's simple um and the industry is definitely moving towards less in your face bitterness it's like we got dessert stouts sours and then session beers really is what i see is it makes some people's minds explode and then other people super happy yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so um, that that's the state of the industry combined with one good commercial example, you know, making the rounds, I think opened the door for that explosion, at least here in Maryland. Um, do you do anything, any kind of sours or even just kettle souring or we have one in the fermenter right now. Um, we're doing, it's a, a peach kettle sour and it, I, I tried it before the peach went in and it was delicious. So it, it's going to be coming out early June when Kenny gets back from France. Uh, I just dumped the peach puree in yesterday. There are 84 pounds of 100% pure peach puree in that beer. Um, it was kettle soured with lactobacillus. Um, lactobacillus plantarum? or Plantarum, I think. Plantarum, yeah. And um, it is good. We're calling it peachy cacalala. That is it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. That was my <laughs> grandfather's catchphrase before he passed away. It was his like, well, how about that? Or what do you know? Well, peachy cockalala. And when <laughs> Kenny was like, hey, I really want to do a peach sour. I was like, oh, I've got the perfect name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure so, Kenny was totally sure about the name. Oh, but... he was completely put off by it. He's like, that's terrible. Yeah, but you can't. <laughs> and then you give the reasoning. You can't argue against that. Yeah. yeah. You can't tell a, a man that his grandfather's saying is not what he can name his beer. Right. <laughs> he was like, fine, but I get a card like that, too. I'm going to use it. Yeah. I was like, all right, you keep that card. <laughs> I love those cards. I think we should use those all the time. They're Having like a personal meaning behind names. It's. It's cool. Most of ours have a really good story. Chelbot, which we are drinking now, um, a friend of mine from, I met her in seventh grade and we became instant close friends. And uh, we were probably 21, 22. We were at mass on Christmas Eve back home in Vermont. So like the whole town is at mass on Christmas Eve in Vermont. And she, her name's Chelsea. She passed out unexpectedly just in the middle of mass. And obviously it caused quite a stir. 
And then we got her up. You feeling okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm better. Boom, passes out again. So we were like, oh, my God. And we ended up having to call an ambulance. It was really scary. Um, she ended up having to have an auto defibrillator and a pacemaker put in because she had some weird heart condition that just like manifested in a hot church on Christmas. And rather than making this some terrible, scary story, we've been friends forever. My group of friends just started calling her Chelbot because she's half robot now. And then we were like, that's a great name for a beer, Chelbot. So (laughs) voila. And uh, Wacky Jackie before that was her best friend. And now we have business... business brian coming out who's also one of my good friends so all their silly nicknames are going to be so there. all your friends have a turn with ha- having the, a beer named after. they're the new all Eng- new englanders so all <laughs> the new england ipas are named after new englanders that's awesome yeah so funny stories for all those beer names so do, do you come up with a name first and then the beer afterwards or do you have the beer in mind and then you apply a name to it it has been usually beer first. Yeah. But that's not to say that we don't have a few names of beers we might not design for in the future. Oh, we have one name. We have the name. It's the one beer name that we've trademarked. And so we're, we've, we're in the process of finalizing that <laughs> trademark, but we do not have a beer style for it because it's a good <laughs> name and we, we want to make sure we get the recipe right. So one day we'll... My, release that beer we used to give my dad like nice clothing for father's day and it would sit in his closet with a tag on it for like years because it was too nice to wear and that's how so i think the, we feel the name about of this beer is too nice to use we're like oh my yeah. god like is this beer worthy of our, our beer name or right because once we release it we want it to be the beer that we always like it's one of our staple beers we, we want it yeah, to be like a beer that comes flagship. back we've already yeah. trademarked it like we can't waste it on something nobody likes right yeah. we paid for that <laughs> yeah so now we just haven't used it on anything yet. It's like the person holds on to the really special, expensive bottle of wine for a special occasion that never comes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We designed a keyhole scene for it and everything, and it's just we haven't <laughs> figured out what beer. It's, it's our be flagship yet. keyhole scene. It's the one with the palm trees and the surfboard. I'm, anyone who surfed through our web uh, content has seen it because it's everywhere. But, yeah, beer There's, coming soon. Some relatively. ETA unknown. Get to work, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, make a good beer. <laughs> A really special good beer. Really yeah. special IPA. <laughs> yeah. It's an IPA. We can tell you that. Okay. So you had mentioned um, enviro- environmental friendliness. and that's a, Is that a big um, concern for you guys, the, the being a sustainable, environmentally friendly and uh, business? It is, yeah. And as we grow and make more money, we'll be able to do more. I re- I won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but I read a book in college um, called A Mid-Course Correction by Ray Anderson. And he's another Georgia Tech grad, and it was all about his carpet tile business and how he made a, a zero-waste business, and I just fell in love with that idea. And I was like, one day, I would love to be able to do something like that. So we may not be zero-waste, I mean, maybe one day. That's that's a long-term goal. Um, but it is something that's important to us. And we, one thing I'm really excited about, we last week had some people come by to talk about doing like a Rockville brew shed, it, to talk about the Rockville watershed and how clean water relates to beer and how we need clean water and, and how, to, how people can get involved with helping keep our waters clean. And so we're going to host an event for that in November. So we're starting to plan that. And I'm excited. I'm excited to to share information about the watershed and and share information with people about how they can help protect our watershed. We have a million ideas and no money right now. (laughs) Well, at least you're prepared for when you have money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a continuous improvement process for us. <laughs> so we'll, we'll always steadily be adding new initiatives, new thoughts, new, new design implementations until eventually we get to a place that we're satisfied with how we treat the environment and how our business fits into that larger puzzle. Yeah, I have big dreams. We're not there yet. but <laughs> Someday, it is, but it's, you, it's good to have a goal to reach for. Yeah, it's something that we're, gonna, we're consciously thinking about when we make decisions and we want to be able to help protect the environment. When we get that uh, uh, production system online in a couple of weeks, we have a cold liquor tank for recovering um, energy and water during our cool work chilling process, which is nice. 
And um, we're giving all of our spent grain to Groff's Content Farm down the road. They feed lambs, ewes, turkeys, chickens, hogs. And uh, so we have some stuff in place. Like Bailey said, we're about to do a watershed event to talk about water quality. I mean, we're doing what we can now, but we want to yeah. improve continuously until we get to a place we're satisfied. Um, so in a few minutes, Graham's going to shut off all the equipment on us because he has to leave. Okay. Um, so let's, let's run through a few things real quick. Um, one, what's your favorite Maryland beer that you do not make? Mod by Weradaka. The Belgian oh, double. That? I've had that. That's good. It's good. I love Runaway IPA though. That's a, that the uh, orange beer from the they, they, when they bring up the oranges from mm-hmm. Florida from them. Yes. But that's a, you're the first person to didn't even have to think about the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely like that. Yes, I like that beer. I've got it, one. Galaxy Queen by Molly's. Oh, that one's so that good is too. really yeah. good. Oh, I love that beer. That's a good beer. Yes. Um. And have you received a review yet that you looked at and you were just like, come on. Oh, yes. What was it? Uh, go ahead. This is all you. Oh, no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, my skin is getting thicker, but I don't have very thick skin. And so when we get reviews, especially about things that we've done or about our service, it kind of the first bad review we was got. Was it about being charged for uh, serving wine? Yes. <laughs> you saw that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I shouldn't. It was, yeah, I felt, I, yeah, it was really bad. I felt so bad. We accidentally it put was, a wine on somebody's tab, and Bailey was trying to figure out how it got there. It's unforgivable. Yeah. And, and so. I never, the problem, I never questioned that they didn't buy the wine. Yeah. I made the mistake of asking our bartenders if they had sold wine to somebody else, um, trying to, fi- it was one of our first nights being open, and I was trying to figure out, like, how this Where happened. the process fell apart. Right, and what we can do to prevent it from happening again. I learned never, ever. No, I mean, never talk, never ask, never try to figure out root cause with the yeah. customer still there. That was a huge Get mistake. Get the customer out and then figure out the problem. And yeah. That I was, mean, I would say that they were probably overreacting a little bit. When I, I was, would say so, <laughs> yes. I was heartbroken. One star, not worth that. the bad service issues. We're like, oh, come on. Just like you yeah. said. Yeah. All right. And. So we have a new tradition around here where uh, you get to do a shot okay. of the hopped whiskey that I made with McClintock Distilling right down the road from us. Woo. This is a single malt whiskey mm-hmm. uh, with UK Goldings and Meridian hops, uh, vapor infused. Ah, interesting. Um, you unfortunately get the, it's still good, but you get the white version Okay. Um, in two years. Uh, you can come back on and have the finished aged version. Fair enough. <laughs> but, for now, uh, but for now, this is all I can offer. Okay. Um, and before Graham turns everything off on us. Um, <laughs> wait, I have one more thing to add yes, if I can. Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I just accepted the role of treasurer for the pack for uh, beers, supporters of Maryland Brewing pack. So um, for anyone listening, you're going to see more activity from us. And if we're going to keep up with the retailers and wholesalers on a legislative front, we're going to need some support. Yeah, that's something I always wondered. I've never really seen any kind of fundraising effort for those. It's brand new. Okay. And the people who have been running it. There's another pack, though correct or is that the first one that this is the one that was spun off of i think originally the people were members of bam and talked about we should have a pack and then now we have a pack okay um but they're not it's separate from bam but still like i'm a member of bam and i'm also a treasurer on the pack uh bill skomsky is the president he's also co-founder of antietam yes so um there's a couple of us who are working on this together and i bailey has offered to be on the committee um Emma Whelan from Astrolab is going to be doing some volunteering to help. When? It, how far are they from opening? Do you know? I, I think they're going to be open in the fall. Okay. But. Yeah, because they were completely redoing that building, right? Yeah. And they, it they're looks well, really cool. They're well nice. underway, and it looks really good. So it might be sooner than that. Maybe this summer. I don't cool. know. I don't want to speak on their behalf, yeah. but it's coming this year. So, um, but yeah, I want to throw that out there. So I'm hoping to get a lot more activity going. Um, my name got tossed out on a poster at the Maryland Craft Beer Festival. I didn't even know it was going to be on there. <laughs> no, the... someone handed it to you, and they were, like, telling you about the event, and you were like, uh, that's my name at the bottom of it. I was it. like, that's me. Am I supposed to know about this? <laughs> and now you do. Now I do, yeah, because I hadn't even gotten my names on the accounts yet. I had just accepted the role, and um, 
and I haven't publicly announced that anywhere yet. So I just figured I'd I'd get it out there. That will you be sharing information about that on the True Respite Facebook page? Yes, and I'm also creating a social media presence for the pack itself. Okay. So I will be referring people there um, once I get that going. And we really, really need help because there's not that much money in that account right now. And you, I mean, and there's a lot in theirs. I have a very, very ethical quandary about the influence of money in politics to begin with. I don't particularly like it. The idea of a pack I'm not in favor of, but if these are the rules that we have to play yeah. by, then I will play by these rules and we will win. So um, that's my personal take on the matter. And so we're gonna need help. And actually, um, we should also tell people, where can they find you? Uh, for we, are, we own the True Respite handle on just about every social media outlet you can possibly think of. So just search for True Respite and People are guaranteed to land on you. TrueRespite.com, Facebook.com slash TrueRespite, Twitter.com slash TrueRespite, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, even, you name it. We're on we're TrueRespite. We got the handle. All right. So let's give one thanks again to our supporting sponsor, Caps. Be different. Look different. For more information, visit CapsBottles.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, two, for coming up from uh, Rockville and visiting. Cheers. Cheers. And, uh, Cheers. What do you think? Let's Oh, it's not as harsh as I was expecting. That's I don't, good. I don't get the hops, to be honest. I get a whole lot of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it, it, yeah, it'll um, definitely tone down yeah. a lot from aging. But this is, uh, this was proof down. But other than that, this is, this is pretty close to what came right off the still. Very cool. It's <laughs> good. It's really good. It's not bad. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you thank for sharing. You. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.